This is Cody Smith, and you're listening to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. Today, my interview is with Brianna Lamb. Brianna is a functional bodybuilding master coach. She's actually been working with Marcus Philly for a very long time and has been, you know, behind the scenes coaching alongside of him and helping them to really, you know, skyrocket that brand to, to the level that it is at now. And today is a, a great conversation. We jump into, you know, what it's like working as a functional bodybuilding coach. We talk about her coaching journey and story and how she made her way from regionals athlete on a team and then eventually into the coaching role that she has adopted now and um, then we even we dabble a little bit into program design as well and that's something that I actually had reached out to her to have her on to talk about was I really wanted to get into the program design side because I'm I'm, I'm fascinated by how they do things at the functional bodybuilding side of the house and um, I following her content for a good period of time um, her and I have very similar views, and I'm curious what her, you know, the the direction that she goes into program design. So we jump a little bit into that, but um, we go hard in coaching and what that can look like, and I'm super excited for you guys to hear this interview. So first things first, I need you to stop this show. Go ahead and give this show a five-star rating and review. Let's go ahead and get this show to move up the charts and get it into the ears of more people just like you so that they can grow and they can learn and inside of their fitness education. And then the other thing that you can do would be to go ahead and take a screenshot on your phone and then post it on your Instagram story and then tag both Brianna and I in it. She is at Brianna Lamb on Instagram and I am at Coach Cody Smith. Share that. We'll uh, likely both share it on our stories and show you some love as a thank you. And, um, you know, at any time, feel free to reach out. And uh, Brianna's a great girl and, and, and somebody that is always forthcoming with information and just full of knowledge. So I'm sure if you reach out to her, she will be uh, gladly, uh, you know, glad to answer your questions as well. So without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get Brianna on here. I hope you guys enjoy this interview and I'll talk to you on the next one. All right, you guys, welcome to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. I am super fortunate to be joined by Brianna Lamb, and it's funny because I asked her before we started recording, I wanted to make sure that I nailed that name because I know sometimes people like to uh, really, really hack that name, so it was important that we got that right. Um, but she's joining us on the show today. We're going to jump into program design, coaching, and really just see where the wind blows us. Uh, we were talking a little bit before we hit the record button. Uh, Brianna and I both have a similar story, and you guys who've been following the show for a good period of time know my story from kind of burnout into the, you know, the the realm of where we are now. But she has a very similar one, and I think would offer a great perspective for those of you who are listening. Um, so, Brianna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome, awesome. So, um, the first thing I always do with everybody. Uh, I love it to, to really hear the story from the person because I think that the people listening can really identify with like, you know, where's Brianna coming from? How does she end up where she is? Um, and, and not only can they identify with it, but it really helps them to key in and listen even uh, on a deeper level. Uh, so Brianna, I, I, you know, go back as far as you want and, and bring us up to current with your story and then um, we'll see what kind of tangents we can find off of that. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So super competitive, decorated athlete my whole life. Like mm -hmm. my dad was a division one football player, played semi-pro rugby. So he was super into sports and I was like daddy's girl and my mom was a stay at home mom. So she took me all these practices. Like it was a perfect situation for a young athlete. And what's interesting about that is that my dad didn't let, I wanted to play football mm -hmm. as like a young girl. <laughs> 
And he was like, no, you will not play football. So I snuck into a Pop Warner tryout and, a girl. and then did like the first day. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to be a cheerleader. So he picked me up. He's like, you're not wearing a cheerleading outfit. You, you tried out for football. So that was a big um, <laughs> kind of learning moment for my dad where he's like, uh-oh, we got to really hone her in. <laughs> so my whole life, I played basketball. I swam really competitively on junior Olympic team played a national level basketball team as a high school athlete. And then my knees just gave out. So I had double knee surgery senior year leading into my freshman year of college. But before that, I just found rowing because it's a low impact sport. Mm -hmm. It was um, somewhere where I could feel competitive. So I got a division one scholarship to university of San Diego, rowed all four years in the varsity boat there. We went to the national championship for the first time in school history. So I got to race in the first time it looks like ever that they'll go to the national championship um which was a really cool experience and then after i graduated i may have waited about two days and then i started competing in crossfit <laughs> so i took a lot of time off my, during that time i see yeah, I had yeah. About, uh, 24 hours and then i was like <laughs> let's compete again sure um i just wasn't ready for that identity crisis yet that existential kind of crisis so i had found CrossFit in 2012 or no 2009 um, during college, and so what was cool about my school is that Stefan Roche, who is actually one of the disciples of CrossFit and Glassman, he ran a CrossFit gym out of our varsity weightlifting gym nice. in at USD. So I used to sneak in after my double day and go do a CrossFit class or learn how to snatch and do all that stuff. So I did that for about a year, and it wasn't until like. May of my junior year, my coach came in and found me and it was during the whatever open workout of seven minutes of burpees, Yeah, which was awesome because two K's you're training for seven minute time domain before I knew anything about energy system training. So she's literally like doing burpees with me, telling me you can't do this. You have to stop. You're going to get injured. She's like, you have to decide if you want to be a D1 athlete or a CrossFit athlete. So I graduated found, you know, went back to the CrossFit gym. It was TJ's gym at the time, um, where Marcus was a co-owner of the Mill Valley location. There's three locations. And so I told him, I was like, okay, I'm here. I'm ready to be an athlete. He's like, well, you're going to need a coach. I said, okay. And so he started coaching. Well, I actually had a different coach for a while. And then I started coaching with Marcus. I was, um, working at a public accounting firm, um, Grant Thornton. So I studied accounting, was working, basically, you know, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. So my a.m. session would be at 4.30 to 5.30. Come home, take the ferry, do my p.m. session from 7 to 9 and do the whole thing again. So I was really burning the candle at both ends just to start. <laughs> and not even to mention that, you know, rowing is the most cortisol-driven sport you can possibly play because right. you're consistently seeing how good you are on the screen every single stroke of every single piece. So I started competing, um, did some local competitions. Marcus was like, oh, you can be pretty good at this, but you have to decide if you want to have it be a professional or a professional athlete. So I quit my professional um, accounting job and started working for Lululemon, coaching CrossFit, um, started working on some certifications, and then just kind of went and ran with it. Went to regionals two times. Um, one of them was with CrossFit 808 in Hawaii. Um, and then when I... During this time, we weren't allowed to have coaches. Like when we are following the Invictus program, which if anyone's familiar with it, just knows it's like the most brutal program out there. 
Marcus was still my life coach at that time. Mm -hmm. So we'd have monthly check-ins and have um, consultations. And so one of our last ones, he said, Hey, so I'm starting this thing. My non-compete contract is up with TJ's gym. I'm starting this remote coaching business or this one-on-one coaching business. If you move back from Hawaii, I will hire you and make you the best coach you possibly be. I said, all right, I'll buy my ticket now. I'm in. So I packed <laughs> up all my stuff from Hawaii, went and competed at regionals, moved back home, started working for Revival Strength. And that is where I was like, okay, I'm here. I'm back in Marin. Marcus, you're going to be my coach and my boss and my best friend. This is going to be awesome. And then he's like, well, that's a little too many hats for me. I think you should work with Mike Lee from OPEX, who was the general manager at the time. Started working with him and then all of the signs of adrenal fatigue really came to my forefront because we did a Dutch test. We did a few other um, functional medicine tests together and it just came out that I was flatlined on all hormones. Um, like all hormones. Like I had a very glimmer of testosterone just from the, you know, doing strength training, Mm -hmm. but he was like, so what's your biggest goal in life? I said, well, I want to be a mom. I want to have a family. He's like, well, the track you're going, you're not going to be a mom. And I was like, what? (laughs) So at that point, I had to really come to terms with the fact that this competitive lifestyle was not serving my greater goals in life. And I stopped competing. So that was in 2017 in the fall. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of you're kind of fresh out moving from, you know, the competitive athlete like that being your identity to the coach. Um, That's something I struggled with actually for two years. And I I recorded like an hour hour long podcast uh, maybe a year ago, just kind of venting to the people that listen to the show. And just because there's so many people that reach out and are, are kind of going through the same thing because, you know, you attach your identity to, you know, I'm Brianna. I am Brianna, the CrossFit Games athlete. I train and I sleep and I eat and, and that's what I do. And it's this difficult transition to really find out like, well, outside of training, what do I do? What sort of relate, how are, what are the quality of my relationships? What sort of hobbies do I have? And, and then you, you really get to this paradox where you don't really, uh, you don't have an identity outside of training. And, and that's a very, I'm not going to sit here and lie. And you can probably attest to this too. It's not something that can be easily figured out. It's not like, okay, you know, I quit competing and I knew exactly what I wanted to be right then. Um, there, there, for me in, in particular, there was this hard transition into like, you know, I coached throughout that entire time, but the quality of coach that I was able to be outside of that competitive, like CrossFit chase that I was on. Um, I, I hadn't really come to that realization that I could be that type of person and that I could grow into that type of person. Um, so what would you say to that person that is moving from that? I mean, you're talking like you had severe adrenal fatigue. You were, there was, uh, different signs that, you know, maybe you couldn't, uh, you know, have a child later. That's scary. And I think a lot of people kind of glaze over that being a reality and and then something that is an underlying thing that could happen. What would you say to that person to, um, to, to, you know, give them some motivation to understand that, you know, you can work through that kind of identity crisis. Yeah, that's a good question because that is, I would say 90% of the people that I coach now Mm. are burnt out CrossFit people, whether they were athletes or not just burnt out on CrossFit. Um, And really what I would say is it's all about alignment and what your big purpose is really on this earth. Sounds a little woo woo and a little bit crazy, but it is really important to tap into what is your true purpose and what are you here to do and what are the things that fire you up the most? If you are here to be a mom or create something new in the tech field or something like that, if that's the most important thing to you, 
let's use fitness to make you better at those things, mm. not to take away from what your true purpose is. So a lot of the clients that I talk to, you know, we have consults every month for 30 minutes, sometimes longer. And the reality is, is that the amount we talk about training and nutrition is maybe 50%, sometimes more on for some people, but most of the times we're talking about really who they want to be and how they want to show up in their lives. And so when you get really clear on how you want to show up and who you want to be, it makes choosing what type of fitness plan you follow or that I create for you that much easier. Yeah. And it's always such an interesting conversation, you know, and, and I can think of a lot of people that, you know, either come into our facility or that um, sign up for like any sort of remote coaching with the team and I, and um, I, I always love the look on their face and you probably can attest to this as well. You know, they're, they're telling you that these things that they want to learn how to do muscle ups and, and, you know, get a bigger back squat and a bigger deadlift. And then you ask them that simple question, like why, you know, how does that support your life? Because, you know, we know as coaches that we want training to just like you said, support life, not take from it. And I think a lot of people, especially early on in CrossFit, even though I feel like they're getting more keen on it now, a lot of people really got stuck in this thing to where I want to get good at, you know, these things in CrossFit. And they didn't really, you know, consider the question as to why. And, uh, and, and I know that can be a challenge for people because, you know, we, it's, it's often hard to really, uh, accept that what we think we want is not actually what we want. Um, so how are, you know, are there any, any sort of tactics or, or questions other than asking why that you use to really help people come to that realization that like, Hey, maybe, you know, a hundred, I'm just going to throw a completely random number out here. Maybe a hundred unbroken toes of bar isn't what I want. Right. Um, are there any tactics and maybe people listening that they can really, you know, either journal, write these questions down and kind of work through it themselves, just things that they can use to come to this realization, um, on their own. Yeah. And, and just to be clear, there are people here in, on the, in the world, there are people who they truly feel their life's purpose is to be a competitor sure. and to be an athlete, right? And I truly thought that that's what it was for a long time. And there are plenty of people who are totally valid and feeling, I am here to be an athlete. I am here to push that boundary. Actually, my coach is one of those people and I love her for it. Yeah. And I would say that when there's a time to make that switch, if it is time, it's really hard and you must have a support system there for you. Um, there's something else I wanted to say. Um, essentially when you're, when you're ready to make that switch or you're ready to say, yep, I'm hanging up the cleats or I'm hanging up the, the snatches. Mm -hmm. You have to look at, okay, well, what's my life going to look like in order to make that decision. So my job as the coach is to really paint the picture of, okay, here's what it looks like to compete with the goals of the games here's what it looks like to compete for life or mm -hmm. to train for life. And myself, that was a really hard pill to swallow. So instead of doing for your testing, one rep max back squat, every testing cycle, we're going to do a three to five rep max back squat because nothing that you do in life is a one rep max unless you're, yeah, unless you're like car falls on you and then you're just like lifting it up. Like, but in reality, nothing is a one rep max. So in functional bodybuilding, the testers that we've created are similar to OPEX testers where, you know, we're doing the neuromuscular efficiency test and battery testing. All of that is a very big role, but also what we're doing is testing your structural balance, which is truly the most important thing you can do as a functioning human. Are your hips as strong as your shoulders are? Is your core as strong as your interior core as strong as your posterior chain? Like these things are more important to the average human. So if I get you fired up on a split squat PR, just as fired up as I get you on a one rep max back squat, I have done my job well. 
because the split squat is going, I could go down a rabbit hole on single leg work, but essentially the yeah. thing that we see in older people, they start shuffling because their hips are weak. That is the leading cause of injury in older people. So if you want to come to me for longevity, I'm going to paint the picture of just how fun it can be because functional bodybuilding has taken the best things from bodybuilding, like isolation movements, contractions, all the type of tempo and control that is demanded of bodybuilding, plus all the fun, sexy shit that you love from CrossFit. If you like muscle ups, I'm not going to take those away from you. Sure, we can work on them, but I'm going to tell you how that's going to fit into your real life. Hip speed, pulling, those are all important things that we need in real life anyways. Mm -hmm. So I don't even remember where this question went, but... (laughs) Good stuff. Good stuff nonetheless. We're perfect. It went perfect. Yeah. At the end of the day, like if you are coming to me and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to switch to just training for life. We're going to talk about what your true goals are. And then I'm going to paint the picture, you know, from your 10, five and one year goals and be like, okay, well, here's what we need to do now in order to make those goals happen. I love that too. And, and, um, it's always a mark of, uh, and this can be a compliment to you, Brianna, that it's always, whenever I have a conversation with what I would consider like a really high quality coach and, and, and somebody that their coach, their coaching, philosophy is like rooted in caring and rooted, you know, in connection with their client. Um, it always starts with like, okay, where are you at? Where do you want to be? And then there's like this reverse engineering process. Um, and I think that, you know, those of you listening right now, that's really important is that, um, you know, getting clear first of where you are. And then a lot, like Brie was saying, like, you know, then figuring out, okay, what are these long-term goals? Like what's your, your life's purpose? Where do you want to head? And then we just backtrack and, and it's up to a really, you know, and this is for my coaches listening. It's really up to the coach to, to fill in that gap with the stuff, with the single leg work, with the, the testing periods, with the consultations like that is up to the coach to kind of build those things out. Uh, and I love that you said that because uh, that's always the signature that I kind of key on when people say it is like, okay, you know, she knows her stuff. He knows her stuff, you know, whatever the conversation is. Um, so, you know, working with Marcus, um, you know, I had him on the podcast probably a year and a half, two years ago. I wish I had a two hour show with him because, you know, we just kind of, we went into program design and stuff like that. And, uh, I was always fascinated by him as an athlete. Right. And then when I had a conversation with him and just how intelligent he is, you know, anything from, you know, nourishment to, um, I also went through CCP. So like the nourishment, his understanding of the OPEX philosophy and how he mixed it with functional bodybuilding and then program design. I was just fascinated by that. So uh, one of my big questions, and this is for all selfish reasons, is, you know, being under the wing of a guy like, you know, Marcus Philly, who, um, you know, has connections with some of the, you know, the biggest names in the industry, the James Fitzgeralds, the Mike Lees, all these different guys. Um, what is that like? Not only from, you know, being uh, around him all the time and being able to learn from him, but um, for a period of time, you were also coached by him as well. Like, um, what was that like? Yeah, Marcus and I were training partners first. So we trained together for each open, for each regional, like we had been training partners and just really good friends. And Marcus and I are very yin and yang. Mm -hmm. I'm very extroverted and silly and kind of don't take things too seriously at certain times. And he's very serious and calculated and very cerebral. So we work really well on that side of things. And that's, he said this to me, he's like, that's why I wanted you on my team. Cause you bring out that side in me that most people can't. Right. So I really value our relationship one-on-one as just human beings. Um, I trust him to kind of call me out on my shit, just like I can call him out on his, um, in a professional role. I am really, uh, willing to push the boundaries on where this brand can go and what we can do. And being a voice for the coaches as well. Like these are the things that we need. Here's what we deserve as coaches. Here are the types of conversations we want to have. 
here's how we can grow together as a team. Um, you know, professionally working at a Marcus, it kind of gives you this like gold star. It's like, oh, you know, Marcus, you must be smart. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I'm kind of like, well, I'm going to be the best coach I can be regardless if Marcus is my boss or not, sure. because that is what our coaching staff does is we all are super educated and pushing our continued education. We're super motivated and invested in our coaching platform. We're not just like coaches who like happen to like walk across the gym one day. Like we were carefully selected by Marcus to carry out this mission that he has had. And it's become our mission too. The cool thing about working for Revival Strength is that, and now we we will be rebranding. This is kind of under wraps, but we will be rebranding to Functional Bodybuilding HQ in Mm -hmm. 2021. Um, but the most important thing about functional bodybuilding is that it's the people that we coach that matters the most in our coaches meetings. You can see how deeply our, our coaches care about our clients. Like if one of the coaches gets a bad night of sleep, it's not because we were partying all night. It's because we were trying to like really support a client or we were up all night just thinking about a client or something like that. So professionally working under Marcus, it's really cool to, you know, of course have that kind of gold star next to your name, but it's also a, a place where you can really prove yourself and be the best coach you want to be with a, a lot of the resources that you had said and the connections that Marcus has, you know, we all got precision nutrition certified because him and John Berardi did a podcast together. Like those types of kind of perks are awesome, mm-hmm. but it's also because our coaching staff is so driven. Um, from a training perspective, I mean, when we were not in COVID, we were still training partners and for years, for the three years I worked at Revival Strength, 12 to two, that was our training time. Every coach closed their computer. We all turned on our music. There was Bieber Fever Friday, Timberlake <laughs> Tuesday, and we would just all train together and laugh and play. And that was one of the most important pieces of our coaches' time together because we weren't talking about programming. And I'm sure you know, we could nerd out on program design for hours and hours, but the stuff that really matters is like, the types of people we're being for our, for our clients too. And so it's been really cool working for Marcus. He's a great friend and a really smart businessman. There are times where he'll take a long time to make decisions and I'm like, come on, let's do this. Let's do it. <laughs> so we do work well together in that way. Yeah. That's funny too. Cause uh, the, the team is the same way on me. I'm like the, I drag my feet. Uh, I always like, I always tell him like, I'm going to pin it. And what, like my explanation said is like, there's a cork board, right? Like I'm going to pin that for a second and I'm going to sit on it. And usually after like a day or two or three or three weeks or two months, like I'm kind of like, okay guys, here's what we're going to do. And you know, my team's like, oh, of course you are. Like then now we're going to do it. Um, so that's funny. And, and something I love that you said in there, you know, for, you know, we have gym owners that listen to this. We have a, a ton of coaches that are on teams or run teams and lead teams. Um, something that I love is that, you know, dedicated time that you guys put in to work out together. Uh, something that I always tell my team is that gym culture is dictated by team culture. So if we spend time together training, you know, every once in a while with our coaches meetings, um, you know, we meet once a month and, and really go in on like things that are going on inside of the facility. And something we always try to do is like do a partner workout or something like that. Um, and, and, and that really helps us to, you know, to hang out and to be together and to talk crap to each other about who won or, you know, finish faster in the workout. And that's always fun, too. Um, and, and then another thing that I really appreciated about your explanation was um, the, the, the use of we, right? The, and when I say we is in like, you know, we, the functional bodybuilding team, you know, Marcus and I and the, and the remaining uh, coaches on the team. Um, I love that because it means that uh, you truly care about that brand growing. And, you know, for all the people listening that do follow Marcus and functional bodybuilding and you, it really shows that like you're bought into, you know, that thing changing and raising as a whole. So I can really appreciate that. 
Um, so I want to move on to, you know, specifically how you do things, right? Because um, I actually come on the show because I, I love the content that you put out. Um, I love the things that you talk about on your social media. And, and, and I want the people here um, who don't know about you to get to know you and to be able to learn some of the things that you do. Um, so for you, new person comes in, you know, they, you know, shoot you a DM on social media or they come to you through some sort of, you know, form online or something like that. What does your particular intake process look like? And, and what are you trying to learn, you know, during that whole process so that you can get started with that client? I get so fired up talking about this because I think naturally I'm a, I'm a saleswoman, but I hate sales because it feels salesy and slimy. Sure but I naturally love connecting with people. It is one of the things that I find to be my highest value as a human being on this earth is my ability to connect with people. And so when I get a new client, it's like this brand new opportunity to just learn all these things about someone and really feel capable of helping them and supporting them. Um, of course, they're going to do all the work. I'm the one just going to give them the tools. So there's two ways. Um, well, there's actually three ways that I generally get leads. One is through referrals. So any coaches out there listening, the best and the best sales funnel you can have is by asking your current clients who are crushing it for a friend or someone to refer you because that is the warmest lead you're going to get. A trusted person suggests you, you are going to be able to close that lead nine times out of 10. So referrals. And then second is social media. So social media speaks for itself. Third is if they go through the intake form on my website through Revival Strength. So if they do the intake form, they have a consult with either Marcus or our new sales guy, Garrett, and basically they will decide who's going to be the best coach for them. That's how about 90% of our sales leads come in is they submit a request to consult form. They have a consult with Marcus or Garrett, and then they put the client with the best coach for them. Um, I start every client with a 60 minute consult. So if they are unsure about pricing, contract terms, all that, we'll have a 15-minute initial consult just to kind of tell them what my pricing is like, why they're in a 12-month contract, all that kind of stuff. Then we go into 60-minute where we go into the depths of who you are as a human being, what your goals are, and what you want to accomplish, as well as your previous training history, injuries, um, favored movements, uh, goals, all that kind of stuff, all in 60 minutes. Then... After that, I will create a lifestyle and nutrition assessment for them, which is in Google Sheets. It's five days. They basically log what they're doing every 30 minutes, how they're feeling, digestive cues, um, bowel movements, meals they're having, anything they're drinking, and energy levels and stress levels. So it's very intense. That's so three to five days. If they're not super into it, I'll let them stop at five. Then they'll also get a one to two week assessment, movement screening. First day is just body weight, watching you move, putting you each joint through passive and active range of motion, having you do some basic compound movements like air squats, box jumps, things like that. Then we move in and each day is progressive based off which tests they've passed. So if you can't do an air squat, I'm not going to make you do a back squat when you're at max, right? Okay. But instead I'm going to have you do a split squat, a roof of a split squat test. So it's progressive from there. And then we have our first monthly 30 minute consult the week that you finish testing and the week that you're into your first training block. So we'll cover what we found in your nutrition and lifestyle assessment, what we uncovered in your movement screening and why you're doing each thing in your training program going forward and what they can expect after their next, next testing cycle. 
So all of that in 30 minutes. And then what clients have is access to me about 12 hours a day from seven to seven to send me true coach messages, um, video review, um, comments, all that kind of stuff. And then weekly, each client gets a lifestyle nutrition, um, check-in. So it's, it's a, it's like a workout in true coach where they go and, you know, enter in either it's their macros for nutrition or how they're feeling with the nutrition RX we're working on. And then every week I'll send them a video of me basically reviewing their weekly stuff and Mm -hmm. say, Hey, looks like you're still having trouble getting water in. Let's set a reminder in your phone at 9am and drink one glass of water before you get back to work. Or looks like you're Um, bowel movements are still off. Let's track it for a week and see if we can make any changes and identify what it is like things like that. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, I bet there, so when you, when you're, when you're sending this lifestyle check-in and stuff like that, you said you do it through true coach. Yes. I use true coach as my primary platform. I don't have clients emailing me and texting me and all this stuff. I use true coach in zoom and that is it. And any coaches listening out there, Try to keep it as simple as possible. That way, when clients are communicating with you, you just have a paper trail of all the things you've talked about. So they're like, hey, what were my macros again? Then you can just scroll up in your messages and say, oh, here they are. Yeah, and that's cool too. Uh, something I always try to tell like junior coaches is to um, to really funnel everything into one channel. A lot like you said, because it is hard, like, you know, if you've got, uh, and I can think when I first got into, you know, remote coaching a few years back and I'd have like Facebook messages and emails and some clients have my phone number and then we got into True Coach and then there was that and then I had this person in a Google sheet and it just like became this smorgasbord of just like chaos everywhere. And it really, uh, it really affected um, my workflow. So now that as I got new coaches coming in and the new coaches a lot like you that I um, kind of work with and oversee, that's something I always try to tell them is like, look guys, let's funnel everything into one channel. You will always have, just like you said, which is very important, this paper trail, because I mean, coaching, I don't know what your client load as far as, as, a, as a coach is, but I know when you get into 50 and 60 clients, you really have to, to have good notes because you won't know what you told that person a week ago because you've had 20, 30 conversations since then. Um, so I love that you guys do that. Um, so I love talking about because coaching delivery is the thing I struggled with the most Mm -hmm. in becoming a full-time coach was was how do I coach which applications of true coach are the most important, you know, how do I use it effectively to give a great client experience? Because one thing that Marcus and Satya, his business partner suggested to us was to read this book called never lose a customer again. Great book. Great book. Yeah. Look, any coaches need to, every coach or even just professional should listen to this if you're dealing with clients. In the first 90 days, you basically have to prove to your client that they have had an overwhelming success because of your coaching. So in the first 90 days, you must deliver some sort of success story to them, or they must come across that in the first 90 days, or else you lose all levels of buy-in. So coaching delivery and really getting clear on how to onboard somebody effectively and how to show them that they are progressing because of your coaching is the most important thing any coach can do because it creates this this trust really early on and it's not to like blow smoke up at anybody's ass but it's like okay look how much better your split squat was from week one to now week nine you're crushing it do you see this and they're like oh wow i would have never thought about that because true coach has that exercise history function, which is so, so pivotal and so important in showing how much better somebody can get. Yeah. I love that too. Um, so how, how frequent are your, um, 
your checkbacks in true coach and stuff like that. Um, like I know for me, like I have a couple times a week that I have it like calendared and time blocked that I'll go in and I'll check in stuff like that. Um, with you giving that access throughout the day, are you touching clients all day long or is that typically like on a certain amount of days per week? That's a good question. Um, I think this is something that can create a lot of stress for coaches, myself included, of just how many times do I need to review, mm. you know, notifications and messages. I respond to messages within the hour if it's between seven and seven. Um, if they message me at 7 p.m., they're not going to get a response till the next morning. I make that pretty clear. Um, messaging is the most effective way to reach me. And I make that pretty clear because it, um, I can check it on my phone. If I'm out for a walk or I'm in a workout, I can easily respond back. True coach notifications, I only check two to three times a week. So I usually get about 100 notifications a day. And that is something that I do have in my calendar. And if anybody follows me on social media, which it sounds like you do, mm-hmm. I post about calendaring everything, schedule everything, true coach notifications, transition times, everything. Because if you let those true coach notifications get too high, you'll be like me and you'll just be like, oh my God, I'm just going to like clear all because I'm just so overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I know there's like this, uh, you know, uh, as an example, yesterday, uh, we, I mean, my son doesn't listen to my podcast, luckily, but um, we, we, we decided to pick up some quads for our kids for Christmas, my wife and I. And uh, so I spent the entire day driving and it's usually like my true coach day. And uh, I went in this morning and there's like this anxiety of true coach notifications in there. And I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to get through these? Um, but yeah, so that's actually my next question is like how important for me, like I know my my Google calendar is my life, right? And and uh, I put in my workout times, uh, study times, meditations, that like just like to keep me in line. Because if not, you know, before time blocking, it was just this this traveling chaos that I lived in. And, and you know, a few years ago when I really got into time blocking, it really helped me to hone that in. And it's something that I teach to people. Um, so for you, like, why would you say that you know either a young coach or you know old school coach in here that hasn't really adopted that whole time blocking or calendaring, whatever you want to call it. Um, how important is that for a coach like um, yourself and, and those out there that are growing this extensive client list to really keep dialed in? It didn't become urgent to me to schedule until I was asked what my hourly rate is. And so if someone asks you, okay, what's your hourly rate? And you just spent an hour answering true coach notifications. Is that the value that that client is giving you? Are you paying for you? Mm-hmm. Most times it's yes, right? Or if you're having a 30-minute consult with somebody, what's half of your hourly rate? Are you delivering that much, that good of a service in that 30 minutes based on the hourly rate you think you should have or that you think you should command? So the reason why scheduling is so important is because if each hour of your, if each of your hours is $185 stretched out across you know 15 hours that you're awake. I mean, how can you get the most out of those hours? And that's why scheduling is so important because if you were just spending time like, you know, fucking around on social media when you should be making time to onboard five new clients, that's time is money. And Mm -hmm. so as someone who's very financially driven, I can say that honestly and transparently, like I'm very, we're not in the coaching game to just like save lives. Like we're here to make money and also support people. Mm -hmm. And they are not one more than the other. For some people it could be, for me, they are one and the same. The better I support people, the more money I make. So if my schedule is dialed in and I take care of myself, that means that I can better support these clients that I'm trying to support or these coaches that I'm trying to mentor. 
that way they, my time, I, I can boundary and say, Hey, that time doesn't work for me. How about this time? Right. Versus like, Oh yeah, sure. I'll make it happen. And that is the leading cause of burnout for all coaches is not scheduling your time so that you can maintain sane mind. <laughs> Essentially as a coach, if you do seven hours of personal training a day, plus you need a program for three hours a day, plus you got to do consults. Where are you going to eat? Where are you going to go to the bathroom? Where are you going to pick up the phone and call your wife and check in? Like, those are the things that really matter because if you're a human being and you have a wife and you have kids, those things are probably your world. And the reason why you're burning yourself out is to make this relationship better. So it all goes back to like really what your true priorities are and what's important to you. And then scheduling those things first and then have everything else follow in because business was business. It'll, it'll happen no matter what. Yeah. But if you don't schedule that call with your wife or that, you know, pickup of your son, you know, everything gets really stressed. Yeah. So you, you guys listening to, to her, her go straight rant mode right then. The, the big thing that I hope you got out of that was number one. Uh, and this is something I get all the time with new coaches that reach out to me on social media. Like what's, you know, what's, what's your best advice for those of us getting started? And, and the first thing I always say is priorities, where are you trying to go? Like, what's your why? Like, what are all these reasons that you're getting into the game? Because something that, you know, you said that, sure, I want to help people, but I also want financial security. I think sometimes people, that that's uncomfortable to share, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, as coaches, like, ultimately, like, the, the, the value and the impact that we're able to provide all comes from us, right? So uh, this concept that I always kind of go through in my mind, and, and this can be kind of turned any way you want to look at it, is that, um, that you know, the king has to be fed, right? Like the king has to eat first so that he can feed everybody else. And and I think that's important to really be uh, like sniper-like with that's exactly why I'm in this game. Because sure, it to, to some people that might be like, oh man, that's a very selfish way to think about it. Or that's a very, you know, negative way to think about it. Like you're driven by money. And I'm like, I, I sure am, but it's because I want to give a better product to everybody. And I want to yeah. be excited about why I'm doing it versus, you know, we all know these trainers that, <clears throat> and this isn't bad, you know, it's a good way to get your feet wet. But that I know trainers that have spent, you know, years in personal training studios, like, you know, making 25 to $30 an hour or something like that, which is good to get started. Like I said, I don't want to really like discredit that too much, but at a certain point, like you, you, you really start to feel undervalued. And then the only people that are really going to pay the price is going to be the person paying you for your time or paying that facility for their time. Um, and, 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 uh, so I think the coach is listening to this, like, yes, time block, do all these things, but also get hyper-specific on so like why you're coaching in the first place. And then once you're, once you're very specific there and you know exactly why, uh, everything else really becomes kind of easy in my opinion. Yeah. Um, one of the first things that I coach in my coaching mentorship program is being proud of your price. Because if you don't tackle that from the beginning, mm -hmm. it's harder to have a conversation and tell someone, Hey, my rates are raising than saying, Hey, this is how much I think my time is worth. And this is how confident I am in that. I can bring you the goals that you want, that I can support you in the goals that you want. Yeah. And I think delivering that with certainty, right? So it, it, I think it's always funny. Like when I was training um, our current manager who does our sales and stuff like that, something that I really hammered home with her was that when you deliver our price, you can't go through it, you know, like, hey, we charge this much, right? Like you have to deliver it with certainty. Like this is what we cost. This is why. Yes or no. Right. And then it really... It, I think the client can kind of feel that, um, that certainty and that confidence to be like, Oh wow. Like she's really certain about that. I want that. Like I want to, I want what she has. Um, and I think that's important for, for those people out there listening to, to kind of key into that. Um, 
So let's do a little bit of program design conversation um, because I think uh, I'm truly fascinated by the, the way things are done with the, the functional bodybuilding coaches that I follow and that I watch and stuff like that. Um, are there any particular like design concepts or splits that like, like you really love? Like for me, like I love an upper lower split. Like that's something I truly enjoy. Um, that's something that for some people in the, you know, functional fitness, CrossFit world, that's kind of like, you mean it's not, it's not constantly varied functional movement? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. But it's, it's also needs to be planned. Um, are there any particular like design concepts or uh, splits that you really enjoy to program or that you find yourself using more than others? Definitely. And as we've gotten deeper and deeper into the functional bodybuilding education side of things, like coaches education side of things, um, it's been really clear that there are all these different types of training splits and models that could work for anybody, mm -hmm. right? You can see just as good a results with a squat, full hinge press um, split versus like an upper lower versus a PPL split. You could probably have similar results depending on your level. And so it all comes back to the client, like really, truly, what do they like to train? Mm -hmm. And then what, what is their goal? So I've gone from, you know, training in a traditional CrossFit style where you have one strength, two strength pieces, and then a long Metcon. I've gone from to a squat, pull, hinge, press split, which is very OPEX specific. Um, it could also be like a full body type thing, which I guess could be considered constantly varied if you're changing the movements. And then there's, you know, like an upper lower split, then there's, you know, a, a movement split. So a push, pull, lower. Um, and then you can get even more specific from that. Truly the thing that determines what's going to be the best for the person is one, their lifestyle. If they have a super cortisol dominant lifestyle, they're super stressed. They're not sleeping enough. Their shit sucks. Like their nutrition is awful. Like they're probably not going to be the person that's going to be able to go super deep in a PPL split mm -hmm. because they're going to be coming into their pool day. Absolutely tapped. They go do a bunch of deadlifts. They're even more tapped. They can't even say hi to their wife when they walk in the door. That's just doesn't make sense. Right. That person would probably do really well on a mixed split. Say somebody who's like got their lifestyle dialed in. Maybe they have a couple of things they could work on, but they know how to sleep. They know how to eat well. They improve their digestion. They could go pretty deep into a PPL split. The thing that functional bodybuilding, um, and maybe you'll see this in like persist programs or we can train series programs is that we can honor any of these splits while making it sustainable for somebody, right? So that same person, that first avatar, who's got a totally crazy fucked up lifestyle, they can probably still do a PPL split, but I'm not going to give them as CNS, uh, taxing movements as like a deadlift. Maybe we'll do something like from the blocks, or maybe we'll do, um, you know, a mixed script RDL or something like that. Um, but to answer your question, most of my clients are either in an upper lower split or in a hinge press squat pull split. I have a handful of clients who are in PPL splits and then a handful of clients who are in traditional CrossFit um, splits based on their goals of competing in the sport. Mm -hmm. But 99% of people who want to look good and move well don't need to absolutely crush themselves in movement um, splits every day. Yeah. It, something you said too is something I um I I really try to hammer this home to a, a lot of the you know coaches on my team is that because um, we can all fall victim to like the science stuff like I you know they got to do this they have to this is how we're gonna we're gonna execute and give them the best results and although like it comes from a good place and it comes from a place of like okay you're you're trying to make a change you're trying to give them what they want there's always this balance right of like you know what do they need versus what do they want to do right and and um the I don't know if you're familiar with the the work from Dr Helms like I, I'm 
most coaches read his book a, a bazillion times or at least knows who he is relatively like but that you know he has this pyramid of like you know the pyramid of results and at the bottom is adherence like what is the person going to stick to what is the person going to do um so i think the best coaches do exactly what you said is they balance this this game between all right you know cody needs to do push pull lower and um you know some aerobic work because he's fried with cortisol right um and then you know Brianna can do this because she's sleeping a little bit better. Life isn't as stress, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and, and I love that you went that way with it. Um, so something I've always been curious about too is a lot of us, a lot of the, you know, the science evidence-based coaches out there are always talking about, you know, the paying attention to volume and frequency and intensity and all these different concepts. Um, is that something that functional bodybuilding coaches use as well? Or is that something like you, are you counting reps and sets? Are you counting how many times you touch a movement pattern per week? Is that something that you guys go with in your design as well? Yeah, it depends on the level of the client too. Like a level one client doesn't need to be, we don't need to be counting how many sets of like chest they're doing, mm -hmm. <laughs> but like a level four client. Yes, we do. Um, and that is a really effective way to build volume or to build strength, depending on what the goal is. And then with someone who's more just look good and move well, I cue more into how they're responding to the training based on hunger cues, stress, all that kind of stuff, more than I'm going to use some dogmatic approach like, oh, we have to only do this many sets this week because that's the progression. It's like, okay, you need a deal week? Let's give it to you, especially this year in COVID when sure. everything is totally like we had every single stressful event that could have happened over a decade in one year. Like most of my clients are like, Oh, thank you so much for this deal this week where, you know, in OPEX, they teach you based on biological age and training age of the client. This is how long a training cycle should be. This is how much tempo they, or how much time and attention they should be under all of that. But if you don't know your client, then they don't know why they're doing a certain, like, why am I doing this 40XO tempo yet? or no tempo right now. It's like, oh, you can't even handle a tempo right now. You just need to get some good movement in. Um, I am airing more on the side this year of shorter cycles and deloading people a little bit more frequently, even if they're like a level two, three client, because we need that more than ever now, because there's so much internal anxiety and stress that's just unprocessed for most people. So I don't get super dogmatic about it. It's just from years of experience. I understand certain personality types need certain things more than more than the other. Um, I have a couple clients who are super hard chargers and they're like, don't give me a, a deal though. Don't take away my training. But then you just kind of like reconfigure it and be like, okay, well, you're only doing two sets instead of five this week. And they're like, but make them super hard. They're like, okay, you know, there's ways that you can adjust it. Does that yeah. answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, and, and it's funny too. Uh, you said that the, um, amount of deloads have increased. I, I was kind of laughing to myself because there's so many times I, I tend to err more towards the science side to a fault. Like I, and I'm, I'm 100% open to it and I, and I try to be really aware of it. You know, I love a good, you know, three to six week cycle. That's what I love. That's where I, I spend most of my time. But this year, for whatever reason, you know, people are just burnt out, you know, they're not performing. You kind of see it in their biofeedback. You see it in their performances and stuff like that. And I found myself a lot more doing, you know, one in two weeks and, and very, like you said, like, Hey, I'm changing your program every week because, um, number one, I just want to give them some fun sometimes because, yeah. you know, sure we can do this perfectly progressed split squat to, you know, weighted split squat to elevate. And we can do these like progressions of movements. Um, but when people are just like, dude, I just need a 45 to 60 minute escape. Um, I, I've been trying to change that a little bit more, which for my science brain sometimes is like this, this like push and pull. Um, uh -huh. but we, you know, we do the best we can. Um, so 
I want to ask, I want to kind of switch back into coaching and then, um, uh, and, and you did talk about a little bit about your launching a mentorship. And I think that's awesome because more than ever, like coaches need that coaches need, um, you know, coaches have been in the game for a while. Like from, from the sounds of it, you've got what, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years in the game already. Like you've probably done a lot of stuff that was the wrong thing. And, and I always equate that to like, I always say like getting a mentor is like having somebody that gives you the ability to time travel, right? Because, you know, here's Brianna who's probably made, you know, 150 different mistakes and she's like, okay, here's how you avoid this one. Here's how you avoid this one. I think it's important that, you know, those young coaches rather than trying, like there is a, let me backtrack a little bit. There is this, you know, side of it to where you do need to make some mistakes on your own. But if we can grossly reduce the amount of mistakes, you know, we can get to helping clients on a, on a larger level um, than we are currently with more coaches touching more people. So for you, like, um, what are some things that you see a lot of uh, younger coaches miss? And, um, you know, what would you say to the younger coaches getting into the game to avoid those types of things happening? That is such a great question. The things that most coaches miss are the opportunity to connect with a human being. Mm -hmm. I think there's this uh, concept or this idea that a coach has to play this kind of dictatorship role where, you know, I know the answer. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom and you just have to do it, you know, and obstacles come up and you have to meet clients where they're at. So relationship building is huge. And I think mm -hmm. that is like, one of the, it is probably the most important thing as a coach is to build a relationship and take clients and meet them where they're at. Um, you're not just a program writer. Um, people can buy thousands of programs online. They want you to care as much as they care or care if they don't care. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the relationship is huge. Um, and you know, this isn't a mistake that all coaches make. I know there's a lot of thinking and empathetic coaches out there. Um, but my job is to empower the coach. So my mission is to, you know, take those coaches that are like, okay, I, I just went through OPEX or I just went through CSCS or FMS and I have all this education, but what platform do I use? How do I schedule consults? What assessment platform do I use? Um, how do I keep my clients feeling motivated? All of those things. I have gone through the ringer teaching basically myself how to do these things because we started Revival altogether as coaches who had been in ID for a long individual design for a long time, but we didn't know like the keys of the kingdom. We just had all this education from OPEX and we're like, now what do we do? Yeah. Now what? Now what? And so I want to deliver a higher level of coaching, um, through like I'm doing, um, a three to six month program. And then also I'm taking like one-on-one -on -one coaching mentorship clients who will be my one-on-one -on -one clients, because I think it's, you're not walking the walk and talking the talk unless you have a coach yourself and you know what it feels like to come to week or month six and be like, shoot, I kind of want to do this program or, Oh, I want to do this. It's like you have to go through those obstacles on your, like with a coach yourself. Um, and then what I also do is have extra 30 minute, I have two 30 minute consults with each of these mentorship clients a month, one as my client and one as the coach. Um, and essentially we go through like a whole long curriculum of what, I think they need in order to be the most effective coach they can be. So the same way I would assess a, a client, like, Hey, let's do an air squat. Let's do look at your sleep and your shit and all that. I'm still going to do that with a, with a coach and be like, okay, show me what your coaching platform looks like. What are the type of conversations you're really capable of having right now? What are things you're scared to touch? Um, we'll talk about that. And then also just like identifying your sales pitch, who your ideal client is, the type of marketing that you're doing to that client. Um, how to conduct an initial consultation. Like in OPEX, you know this, 
we know how to conduct a consult and what are your, what's in your personal space and what do you spend emotional time thinking about, but actually conducting a real initial consultation takes a lot more emotional intelligence than just here, do this and take this test. So I think this is like the most important thing for coaches right now, because we've seen a huge burst in online fitness. Every single person on Instagram is trying to sell you some sort of like booty program. So I want to take those coaches that have invested in education and want to invest in being the best coach they can be. Yeah. And, and, uh, gosh, it's so needed right now. There's, uh, it's all, you know, I I had a consult call with a guy yesterday who uh, is actually coming out of PT school. He's a strength conditioning coach currently. And uh, a lot, like he said, he's like, now what? I'm like, all right, man, you know, and, and, and really having to, to backtrack and think about, okay, when I was there, what did that look like, right? Um, and, and I offered that same advice that you just did, is, and this is one that's really important, is like, you know, what's the type of client you want to work with, right? Because when we know the type of client we want to work with, that talk that, you know, that shapes our content, that shapes the message that we put out to the world, that shapes the type of conversations. Because we go and we, you know, we get all this knowledge, we learn all this stuff, and then application's completely different, right? Because there, there's this emotional intelligence and this ability to communicate that um, without all of those reps in, you really got to learn your way. Um, and then making sure that you're, you know, having the conversation with the right people is super important as well. Um, so, um, Brianna, we are quickly running out of time. This went way too fast. Um, so we'll, uh, I'll kind of finish up and, and, and wrap up with a couple questions so that you can plug yourself and, you know, talk about your, some things that are up and coming for you. But, um, I have a person to get personality question to finish up with. It's not super crazy. Um, I, there was a, the first time I got interviewed on a podcast that the guy asked me, you know, like, um, you're on a plane, you're sitting next to this person and this person and you know, what are, you know, and it was just this one and I was like completely shocked. So hopefully this one is pretty simple for you, but, um, I, it, I'm always super fascinated by the answers. What is... What yeah, is, sorry, uh, so what is some of the best advice that you have ever received from either a mentor, a friend, a family member, or anything like that? Man, that is big. Um, do you want something more coaching related or just in life? Okay, good. Anything that really just kind of stands out to you. Okay. Um, Try not to be super generic about this, but mm-hmm. um, I just started or I re-engaged in therapy during mm-hmm. COVID times. And I'm like obsessed with my therapist. I think she's like the coolest person ever. And she's like so cute. And I just wish she was my best friend. Sure. Um, and recently she shared this with me. She said, you know, because a lot of us are feeling anxiety and stress right now. And stress actually isn't a core emotion. Stress and anxiety are not core emotions. They are manifestations of an unprocessed core emotion that we're not identifying and looking at. Mm-hmm. So she said, write down, handwritten, I feel stress or anxiety when, and then write the thing that's stressing you out. Then at the bottom of stress, write which core emotion you're avoiding by creating stress and anxiety. Maybe it's fear, disgust, frustration, joy, maybe it's sadness. So write down that core emotion, sit with that emotion, and then identify what that thing is that's stressing you out. If it's a person, place, or thing, you probably can't change it. You just have to be in a place of acceptance around it. Mm -hmm. If it is, I feel stressed when I don't sleep and it's something you can change, well, go ahead and make it action and change it. So this is something I've been actually sharing a lot with my clients recently because we're all feeling this stress and anxiety. And a lot of it's just us not recognizing that maybe we're sad or we're lonely or we're frustrated. And so giving a place where clients can feel those feelings and really go through them is, and for myself and my own therapy, it just feels really good to get clear. 
Yeah, I literally was thinking as you were going through that, I was like, oh, what a great exercise because I can think of about 150 times within the past uh-huh. 24 hours I've been stressed about something. So, um, cool. Uh, Bree, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This is a great conversation. Uh, I might have to reach out to you and get you on another one. I wanted to go more into, you know, program design and stuff, but uh, I was really enjoying the, the whole coaching conversation too. So, um, uh, so where can people go and, and learn more about you? And, and, you know, if you want to plug the, the new thing that you're rolling out, go ahead and do that. And, you know, platform's yours. Okay. I, um, I am currently not taking any one-on-one coaching clients right now. I've been on hold since October, but I am taking one-on-one coaching mentorship clients where you will work with me one-on-one as a client. And then we'll also have, like I spoke about before, additional coaching calls and mentorship groups. Um, I'm taking clients on now for that. Um, you can look at my revival strength bio at revival-strength.com slash Brianna. My Instagram is Brianna Lamb, B-R-I-A-N-N-A-L-A-M-B. Um, and then in my link tree, you can find all other kinds of things, podcasts and stuff I've been on. But thank you so much for having me. It's great to just share this conversation with a fellow OPEX coach and just someone who's nerding out in the space like I am. Cool. Cool. Hey, uh, well, again, thank you so much for coming on and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today and tuning into the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. I release episodes every single week. You can find me at Coach Cody Smith in the gym at Virtuous Fitness WA on Instagram to stay up to date with all things Virtuous Fitness. Before you go, head over to iTunes and give this show a rating and review. That is how we grow this show and make it even more impactful for you. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.